Hey guys, welcome to the channel. Um, today we're going to pick up uh, on the next uh, Scientology spy file. And um, if, you, uh, if you've been watching them, um, then welcome back. And um, if this is your first Scientology spy file, um, basically this is a, uh, a bunch of, the spy files are a bunch of documents that I got that um, were from internal documents, internal Scientology um, spy documents from the Office of Special Affairs, which is the Scientology spy wing of Scientology, the uh, the dirty tricks department, if you will. And um, up to this point, uh, what we've covered in the spy files is they've got um, friends of mine that are also ex-Scientologists are spying on me for Scientology. Um, they're buying or collecting my garbage every week. They have gotten my phone records or they're obtaining my phone records from the phone company on a regular basis. So they have all of the calls that I'm uh, making calls to, all the people that I'm making calls to. And, um, and they've pretty much um, reverse engineered all the numbers and they know the identities of all the people I'm calling. And um, that brings us up to May. We've so far, all the documents that we've covered have been in March and April. And now we're moving into May of 2006, and um, this document is from May 1st, so let's get right into it. So this document is um, from the Deputy Commanding Officer of OSA Int, and it's being sent up to WDC OSA, which is the International Headquarters of Scientology, has um, executive positions that are called the Watchdog Committee. And there's a Watchdog Committee member for all these different sectors of Scientology. And one of them is the Dirty Tricks Department, OSA, and they have their own um, Watchdog Committee member. And that person is none other than Mike Rinder, who has now since escaped from Scientology. And he is also a Scientology whistleblower. So this um, document is going up to him. And now this is another fun fact that they don't really ever say it in these documents because we don't see what's coming. We don't ever see what's coming down from um, David Miscavige because that's all almost always verbal. So there's no trail um, in cases like this. But um, they've pretty much proven that this person posting on the Internet um, is using this name blown for good, or as they commonly refer to him as BFG. And um, they, the OSA and Mike Rinder know for a fact that this blown for good guy is Mark Headley, me. And David Miscavige does not believe that it is me. So they are consistently trying to prove that it is me, even though they already know that it is me. He doesn't believe that. And um, so a lot of these documents they, they mention that they know it's me in some of the documents, and then they switch to proving that it's me. So let's get into it. So it's it says May 1st, 2005. That's a typo, and I'm trying not to alter any of these documents besides blacking out some names here and there. So I've left the typo and any other typos, I've left them in. And if I read them, I'll po point them out. But for the most part, I'm just leaving them as is. So if you see discrepancies, they're just typos and I'm not changing them. 1 May 2005, CCCO OSA Int. Deputy Commanding Officer External OSA Int. Re BFG. Dear Sir, attached is the plan per the point on making the data stronger slash usable for use in any confrontation. Much love, Linda. 
Okay, so when they say the data is stronger or usable, they've got a lot of this covert data. And the covert data is not, um, it's basically not usable by them in any sort of legal or even a confrontation. Like they're basically planning to ambush me at some point with all this information. But the information they have, they've obtained through covert means. So it would tip me off that they are doing dastardly shit that they shouldn't be doing. And like buying my phone f records or my garbage or sp spying on me all day and all night and following me around with private investigators. So um, they're trying to make the data overt or at least stronger so that when they do come to see me with it, they can, it can, it, it's plausible that they may, may have found this information out just by asking people around. Okay, so let's get into the second page. It says, eyes only. Confidential, attorney-client privileged, May 1st, 2006, Mark Headley slash BFG. A means of substantiating our conclusion on MH as BFG is need so that this can be used in the confrontation and not simply denied and blown off by MH. Obviously, that's a typo. That is need, is needed. This was gone over in detail, and the following is the plan. Analysis of existing data. In going over all the data and clues we have about the identity of BFG, it is totally clear that it is Headley. Additionally, in his last posting, BFG included data about the DVD that he shopped to Inside Edition, which ties him directly to that situation as well. This is a rundown of what we know. Kirsten told Matt Price there was someone, clearly ex-base, posting N-theta-BS on the net and she was worried that someone it was someone connected to them. She gave them a few clues, and within a few minutes, Matt said that he was sure it was Mark or blank. Two specific points that matched him were, A, that Matt learned through R.D. Willis back in January. R.D. called him to tell him that Laxton had dropped his body. Matt said that he has not talked with him since and won't. Okay, so R.D., R.D. was a professional um, in the broadcast industry, t television broadcast industry, that, um, that did several Scientology events each year for Scientology. He's not a Scientologist. He's a, basically a professional um, operator of uh, professional broadcast equipment. And, um, and this guy was in touch with my friend, Matt, because Matt was the one who ran all of those um, functions and um, – uh, those professionals, he was in charge of those professionals when we did these events and he would hire them. And, um, and even though my friend Matt had also escaped from Scientology, he was still in touch with some of these professionals that were still working for Scientology and Scientology didn't like that. So, um, and then there was another guy, this guy Laxton, his name was Steve Laxton. He was a truck director. So when you have the Super Bowl or you have these Academy Awards events, there's a broadcast truck and that broadcast truck switches between all the different cameras and um, zooms in and does this. And it's and the person who controls all of um, what cameras are picked and what shot they go to is a broadcast director. And this guy, Steve Laxton, was a broadcast director. Rest in peace. Um, okay, so I'll just go right back uh, now that you've got that. So two specific points that matched him were, A, that Matt learned through R.D. Willis back in January. R.D. called him to tell him that Laxton had dropped his body. Matt said that he has not talked with him since and won't. That gold was likely going 
going HD. Okay, so wow, there's a lot to unpack in here. So um, Golden Era, whenever we did these broadcast events um, several times a year, um, we would do them in what was called standard definition. So it's just a, a quality of broadcast. Um, in terms of the resolution that's being captured, edited, and then transmitted. Um, and G at Golden Era, all of their equipment and all of their production lines are all geared towards this resolution. So basically, the, in most cases, the maximum resolution that their production lines could produce was this lowest resolution called standard def. Now, in this time period, in the early 2000s, pretty much everybody had already switched to HD, but Golden Era hadn't. And then now they were planning to switch to HD, and that would be a, 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 a definitely a lot of work for them. And they would have to spend millions and millions of dollars to standardize all of their production to be able to produce videos in that standard. So um, he, this guy, RD, had told Matt this that they were going to go HD. Matt said he only told one person that, and that was Mark H. The HD posting was March 5th. So I posted on the internet that, that Golden Era was planning to go to HD on their broadcasting. And the reason this is um, key to them is because how does anyone on the internet know this information when this is an internal Scientology discussion? So they're very curious about how this information is leaking to the outside world. Um, and B, the cage fighting. Mark is a major cage fighting fan and watches it monthly. BFG is an avid cage fighter and talks about it in his initial postings. Okay, um, first off, it's called the UFC. That's what it is called. Um, and I used to watch it when I got out, I used to watch, there's a, there's like three things that I used to watch when I first got out of the, um, of the Sea Org and started like being in the normal world. I used to watch Fear Factor with Joe Rogan. I used to watch UFC and I used to watch Dirty Jobs. Those are like my two go, my three go-to things, UFC, Dirty Jobs, and the fear factor. And um, yeah, they they constantly refer to it as cage fighting, which I don't ever refer to it as that, but it is funny when they say that. BFG is an average cage fighter. It says cage fighter. I've never cage fought in my life. I don't know where they got that information, but they say BFG is an avid cage fighter and talks about it as in his initial postings. In several of the BFG postings, he uses the term friggin. A search of the international data files shows that Mark used this term frequently and used it in his last posting of the 21st of April. So again, they already know that I'm this person posting as Blum for Good, BFG, and they're just trying to prove it to David Miscavige because he won't have it and he doesn't believe it. And he thinks that it's somebody else because of the things I'm posting. There's no way I could have that information. And, um, and the international data files is anything that's ever written in Scientology, a knowledge report, um, any kind of um, dispatches or uh, communications between staff members. They're all scanned into the computer and they're all digitized so that they can search and cross-reference them. And I guess they put in friggin' and I came up as a person who said that. 
I just tried not to say fucking and write friggin', and now it comes back to bite me. What are you going to do? The following was stated by BFG in his last posting of April 21st, where he mentioned the missing DVD. This is the one piece of data that would only be known by a few people. The only, only Tony Coughlin at Inside Edition in Los Angeles and his unknown associates would know that he spoke briefly, briefly with Corinne Powell. Note, it's spelled wrong in the posting. And that Mike Rinder then called Coughlin back the next day and took over the comm line and maintained it. Okay, so basically, um, I had a, a video of Tom Cruise having a birthday party. And they... Um, they basically wanted to find out where that was going to end up, and it was likely going to play on this TV show, Inside Edition. But in order to use the video, they were going to tell Scientology who they got the video from. So I said, okay, forget it then. We're not doing it this way. And eventually, um, the video was leaked by somebody else. But... Um, Either way, they're trying to track down, making sure that this DVD doesn't get out because it basically showed how intimate um, Tom Cruise was with David Miscavige and Scientology and um, and how they basically threw this half a million dollar birthday party for them on this Scientology cruise ship called the Freewinds. And that's not the best look. And this is back in 2006. And the party, the birthday party that was videoed and made into that DVD was in 2000 was in July of July or yeah, July of 2004. Okay. Next page. Coughlin engaged in several conversations with Mr. Rinder and was made aware that the video was stolen and that they were very interested in finding out who took it. Coughlin probably engaged in conversations directly or indirectly with the culprit and could easily have filled him in on who he had spoken with. In his posting, BFG stated, okay, now, and this is them excerpting something that I had written on the internet. One of my contacts at one place said that someone gave them a very sensitive video of Tom with Dave. Anyway, Corinne Powell was on that one for about one minute, and then it was immediately whisked over to Mike Rinder to handle. BFG also said the following in the posting of the 21st of April. Oh, yeah. Tip to Dave Miscavige and all OSA guys keeping on Dave's security in. Don't have Yvonne, driver slave, and those these are my words, driver slave, go on to Tom's house and don't have Emily Jones slash Baram, steward slave, go to Tom's house. The Emily Jones slash Barans would have been known to Claire, but apparently was not broadly known. Claire would have told Mark. And all this means is that um, they didn't, uh, no, not really anyone knew that this girl, Emily Jones, was married to another one of Dave's assistants, Elon Baram. So the fact that I said Emily Jones slash Baram was a little bit of a heads up to them. Like, how does anybody know? Like, even at the international base where these people worked, no one knew that these two were married, even though they worked together and they worked for Dave and no one was allowed to get married at the end base without Dave's permission. That's a whole nother story for another day. Anyway, um, BFG, oh yeah, BFG also stated, also, you need to keep in better security 
in at Dave's house right up the street from ASI and at ASI. ASI is Authored Services, Author Services International or Incorporated. It's basically L. Ron Hubbard's literary agency that um, funnels money to um, RTC and Scientology. The OSA guys should know better about the technology of directional mics and audio bugs these days. Oh yeah, better to do another sweep for bugs at Dave's place just to be sure. Okay, um, at the time, um, even though it's widely known that this is one of Elron or one of David Miscavige's residents um, these days, um, at the time this was like a secret, secret location where Dave could go that no one knew about. Sea Org members didn't know about it. Um, for the most part, um, no one outside of Dave's circle knew that David Miscavige had a secret residence that was right off of Hollywood Boulevard next to the, it's right near um, the Chinese theater or um, I think it's uh, the Roosevelt hotel. I can't remember what's right, right, right near there, but either way it's, it's down um, it's at the far end of Hollywood Boulevard where it stops uh, being fun and touristy. Um, and um this was kind of like Dave's secret little compound. And they even built a little like secret entrance from the building that was authored services. Cause this, this apartment building um, was right next to authored services. They made a doorway through all the walls of these buildings so that you could pass between them without ha ever having to leave any of the buildings. Um, uh, coincidentally, this apartment uh, complex that Dave bought, it, I, it's where um, the character, Jennifer Garner's character on a show called Alias, that's where she lived in the show, was in these apartments. And that's what Dave bought. And I don't know, there might be some connections on how Dave landed that or got that or there might be some backstory i don't know about but um and if anybody knows about that feel free to write in and, and let me know about it and um there's a if you go to the about page the about tab in the youtube channel um, my email's in there um i'd love to know if you know if dave got that through tom cruise and his fascination with jennifer garner and the show alias or the director that used to do that because then he then started working with tom cruise if there's some kind of connection there let me know um i it's kind of doubt it's a coincidence that um dave just kind of accidentally lucked into getting that property okay the location referred to would be known by claire and thus to mark it is also known by others chuck Beatty mentioned it in a confidential in conf Chuck Beatty mentioned it confidentially in an eyes only conversation in December. Okay, now this is another thing. So there's another guy on the internet called Chuck Beatty, and Chuck Beatty also used to work at the Ant Base, and Chuck Base is also posting stuff on the internet, and he's also taught has spoken to and is talking to a lot of different media personalities and media contacts and they have multiple spies in Chuck Beatty's camp. So whenever they say these things it basically means through um, covert means, they have obtained also some information that relates to this from Chuck Beatty. So Chuck Beatty mentioned it confidentially in an eyes-only conversation in December. We don't really know who else would know. We have not had any indication of any conversations being picked up. So obviously they did a bug sweep and they tried to see if anybody was listening in on any of their conversations or if any of their conversations that they were having there had turned up um, outside of Scientology. 
Additionally, Ben Shaw was in touch with Robert Farley about the new delivery building last week. Farley said that he had been talking to someone who left the church about two years ago. Headley left in 2004, January 2004, which is exactly about 2000, uh, two years before this. <clears throat> excuse me, that he would name if he was going to use a statement from them in the article he was writing. This person was one of the ex-Scientologists he had been talking to. BFG's first posting was about how the superpower pilots were not done, and this was re the real reason for the building not opening. He did not run this data in his article. Aside from the media contacts, Chuck Beatty is someone who knows the identity of BFG. Through a line to, ch through a line, it says lined, through a line to Beatty, we know that BFG also spoke to Dateline and to CBS. As a note, Headley embezzled 15490 from gold by selling equipment on eBay, which was discovered in January 2005. Okay, so if any of you have been watching the cha uh, channel, when this first came up when I was at the international base, it was $250. Then after I escaped and they wrote an SP declare on me, the figure they wrote in the suppressive person declare was $750. And now it's basically about a year and a half later and the figure has gone up to $15,490. <laughs> basically, he sold the equipment without authorization and transferred the money into his account embezzlement. Most of the money was recovered. Oh, here we go. Most of the money was recovered, about $13,000, but it's still a felony, and there is a three-year statute of limitations on embezzlement. No police report was made at the time. However, we have since learned that he also stole the DVD, and then it says in parentheses, or received a stolen copy. Now, this is a funny thing, too. So basically, this is being written, this report is being written by... OSA, the Office of Special Affairs, which is located in Los Angeles, which is lower than the international base. They're at a different, they're at a lower level of operation and the things that happen at the Ant base, they're not privy to. So they don't know that I had approval. They don't know that this was all part of what was going on up there and that the, the amount missing was for PayPal and or shipping fees that were incurred through selling the equipment. Um, so they're writing, that's funny because they're writing up to the ink guys like this is what happened and these are the statute of limitations. Well, of course, uh, to this day, obviously no police report was ever filed because there was no crime. I never had, I don't have any of this money that they are saying that I embezzled. They have it. And it even says in this document, oh yeah, we got the money back except for the PayPal and shipping. But the OSA guys don't know any of that. And so a lot of the things that they're sort of reporting up and they're setting up data to, the Int guys know what really happened on these things. And that's why no one, there was never a police report. They never sued me. Nothing ever happened in relation to any of these things. The following will be done to get more evidence that Headley is BFG and the person peddling the DVD to the media. Handling. One conclusion from what we already know that we don't really need to get further verification and don't need to take the risk of backfire. I.e., Headley has been in calm with the various with various media, including Star Jared uh, Shapiro, Life and Style, possibly also Jared Shapiro. Someone at excuse me, someone at King World Productions is in New York. Tony Coughlin in L.A. 
Robert Farley of the SP Times, and someone at CBS News, and someone at Dateline. Therefore, it would be feasible in meeting with Headley to simply allege it. Obviously, we are in touch with a lot of media, and we have sources in the media who have told us what he has been up to and let him wonder who may have sold him out. When he denies this, the comeback is along the lines of, you don't think with all the media attention we've been getting, we don't have sources that tell us what's going on, dropping media such as Star, Life and Style, which are his most frequent contacts. So this is kind of crazy. And it obviously, this is them admitting that they do have a lot of media contacts and they do put um, stories in the media. Um, and they're trying to use that to get me to stop exposing them. Um, and then they are basically knowing already by stealing my phone records, they already know who I'm talking to. So they're kind of, they're going to try to do a little bit of a gotcha on me. Two, as we don't want a real media resource, we, as we don't want a real Hmm, I get it. Okay, number two, as we don't want a real media resource burned to get the data in usable form, get a PI, Ingram. This is Eugene Ingram. We might have to do a whole video on this dude because he comes up a lot. Get a PI, Ingram, posing as a reporter to contact Jared Shapiro, star slash life and style, and say that he is working on a story and that he has been in com and in touch with Mark Headley, who is claiming to be an ex-member of Scientology and has some information he is following up on. Shapiro's name was given as someone who could verify he is reliable. Get Shapiro to confirm. So they're literally going to use PIs to call the reporters that I'm speaking to so they can get that person to confirm that I am speaking with them, even though they already know I'm speaking with them because they have my phone records. They're trying to make this data overt data. As we don't want a real media research burn. Yeah, so that's exactly what they're going to do. Okay, three, get an anonymous email sent to Wolfie Frank. Here you go. This is for Catherine, the person we just helped escape. She really wants to know when Wolfie Frank was going to show up in all this. Number three, get an anonymous email sent to Wolfie Frank. Now, Wolfie Frank is another int um, sea Org member who was at the international headquarters and who had been kicked out of Scientology or left or something. And he was trying to get back into Scientology. He's trying to be able to, um, do his A through E steps and get all the way through those so that he could get back into Scientology. When you're doing your A to E steps, the only people you can talk to is the international justice chief and OSA. So OSA are working with him so that he can do amends type actions to make up the whatever damage he's done and get back in good standing with Scientology. Okay, number three, get an anonymous email sent to Wolfie Frank, who has been in com with Geisler, Headley, etc., but is known to be moving on his A to E steps and is in com with the church. Copy of proposed email is attached. The email will be in the tone that even though the originator has his own problems with what happened, what is happening with Mark Headley is way over the top. The person sending the email will say that they are sending to Wolfie because they heard Wolfie is in calm with the church and doing his A to E steps and that the writer is not yet up to that point. See proposed attached email. This is amazing. So this is an email that the church 
of Scientology, Dirty Tricks Department, are going to send to one of their members. So, and then you'll see what happens. Okay, here's the email. Wolfie, I recently learned some data that I had to tell someone. I am not the most stable situation. I'm not in the most stable situation personally, not yet up to confronting A to E or anything like that, but had, but heard you are, so I thought I could send this to you. This is about Mark Headley. Mark lost his fucking mind and created an ID on a board called Clambake, blown for good, and he's been putting all sorts of crap up there about the base. He thinks he is outsmarting everyone as his postings are arrogant. They make you want to puke, but I guess the datum that crims always want to get caught is true. That's an Elron Hubbard thing. Criminals always want to get caught, he says. If you have known Mark for five minutes, you can tell it's him. He leaves clues all over the damn place. He just natters his ass off and tries real hard to make it look like he has some inside source leaking him data. Then it gets worse, and I learn that he has been talking to the media. The guy just had a baby, and he is getting into all this crap that is just going to wind up bad. No matter what happened to any of us, this is just too much. He crossed a line, and I don't know what he is doing. Now, that's Scientology management sending an email to one of their members so that he, and here comes next what comes in the documents, Wolfie predictably will get the email and write a KR with the information. That's a, a KR is a knowledge report. So they know that I'm doing all these things that they think are horrible, that I've lost my fucking mind. And um, they basically are going to send that data to Wolfie. Wolfie is then going to write a knowledge report and he's going to write it and send it to the church. And poof, that data is now overt information because they obtained it through a report that was written by one of their members. And so that's how Scientology turns covert information and they transform it to overt information so that they can use it in a legal case or they can use it in a uh, uh, hit piece or they can um, uh, spike a media story. They use this information that they basically create and then those that information becomes facts that then they, they can then use as am ammunition on their side. Okay, let's keep going. We only have one more page after this. Number four, Matt. Uh, number four, get Matt Price to write the KR that he owes Kirsten on Mark from after she told him about the BFG postings and Matt's response was that it had to be Mark. Number five, okay, now we got all kinds of people that we're gonna, are going to come up and I might give you just a little bit of backstory on them for now so we don't just skip over it. Number five, have Dan Ribikoff confirm with his media resource at Inside Edition that it was Mark Headley. Okay, now Dan Ribikoff is a um, he's a private investigator. He's also I'm pretty sure he's a polygraph um, administrator. Like so, he'll do lie detector tests. And um, Dan Ribikoff, I'm pretty sure he was on um, like the Jerry Springer show or the um, I think it's actually the Steve Wilco show. He's been on a few times, and he's sort of like their go-to lie detector guy that they use. So he's also a go-to guy for Scientology. Scientology uses this guy for all kinds of nonsense. 
Number five, have Dan Ribikoff confirm with his media resource at Inside Edition that it was Mark Headley. Needs verification that this will be okay for us to then use. He put a, in a comm line to this area last week, and it is waiting for a response. So they've already basically activated Dan Ribikoff, and but he hasn't done the thing they want him to do yet, but he's sort of reached out to make the connection. Number six, get Paul Bannister, a former tabloid reporter who worked at Star, contact of the kid, to contact his sources there for a Scientology inside source slash confirm, confirm Headley as a source for them. Okay, I'm not familiar with Paul Bannister, so I can't really tell you anything about him. Um, this is some good stuff, though. Number seven, as a backup, only if needed, get BJ, Portland PI, who has done successful reporter actions for years, as a freelance reporter to contact Headley and let him know that he is doing a story on Scientology and that his name was given to BJ by someone in the East Coast. Get information from Mark that confirms that he is BFG. End. And that's the end of the document. Okay, so... Wow, a lot, lot of stuff here. So you've got Scientology. Now this is, and we're just creating, we're, we're adding to this list here. So you've got Scientology are watching my house. They have uh, one, two, three, four, at least five or six people that I know that are ex-Scientologists that are either pretending to be ex-Scientologists or trying to get back into Scientology secretly, they are spying on me for the Office of Special Affairs, Scientology's Dirty Trick Department. Um, they have PIs following me all over the place. They have um, uh, this lie detector guy trying to get in to anybody I'm talking to on the East Coast at any of these different media organizations. <laughs> They've got this former tabloid reporter who's doing the rounds trying to do get to the same people. And then they're activating another PI in Portland who's going to maybe pose as a, a, a reporter and contact me directly to try to get me to confirm that I'm this person posting on the internet. Okay. Now, all of this, because I'm telling some stories about what happened at the Int base in the C organization. Back in 2006, I'm just telling my story of what happened at the incident base. And this is all the insanity that's going on in the background, trying to convince David Miscavige that I'm the one doing it and then to do something to stop it. Because they've been writing these reports for three months so far. I've been posting stuff on the Internet this whole time. And for three months, they've been trying to figure out who it is and how do we stop them. And so far, I've not been stopped in any way. Since, since this time, I've kept going. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's it for this week's Spy Files. Um, if you want to know more about uh, what happens in Scientology and then the time I spent there, you can go to blownforgood.com and get a copy of my book, Blown for Good. Uh, behind the Iron Curtain of Scientology. If you go to blownforgood.com, all the copies that we sell there are signed by myself and my wife. If you just want a regular old copy, you can go to Amazon or Kindle or Audible um, or anywhere that eBooks or Audible uh, books are sold. Um, and then, um, yeah, that's it. I'll see you guys in the next Spy File videos. Until then, until next time.